0: It's lovely to be with you this morning, but let me take you back first to a memory that's very fond of mine. It was December 1996. A young beau was getting very excited for this holiday season. Now, I wasn't excited for Christmas Day, as some of you may be thinking. No, no, no. My mind and heart was already in January of 1997, which all of you will know very, very well was the theatric re-release of Star Wars A New Hope. The remastered version. Now, Han didn't shoot first, as I'm sure my father told me, but this was a massive deal for me. It was huge. It was the first big kid movie I got to go to. It was the one where Robert, my little brother, wasn't allowed to go. It was just me. I remember everything The a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away scrolls on. The John Williams overture erupts in Star Wars, and might I add, going at an extremely fast pace for a six-year-old. My dad had to read it to me, his broom handle, Tom Selleck of a mustache, tickling my ear. I remember it all too well. It was the 90s, folks. It was very, very significant. One of the most epic stories I think has ever been told. But this got me thinking. And here we are today at the beginning of Advent, a very different journey. A very, very close connection, isn't there? I'm, I'm not reaching at all. But um, it's a beginning of a journey that we get to not just observe on a big screen. This is a journey that we get to take part in. But this got me thinking. We prepare for very different kinds of journeys and very different kinds of events in our life. For some of us, it might be a new Star Wars movie where we dress up and get a lightsaber and go to the film. I wouldn't know anything about that. But we prepare for holidays, for going away on a trip. For going down to Cornwall, get your SPF 50, if you would. I mean, for Brits, that might as well be the equator. We prepare for Christmas in various different ways, don't we? Getting all our gifts, getting our decorations up, getting our tree up so that one or two other households can enjoy it with us. Too soon? Too soon? Um, but Advent is a very different preparation. Advent is subversive by its nature, Advent is countercultural, it's punk. Rock, if you will. When your culture says hurry and get ready, Advent says slow down, wait. When our default is get as much as you can, consume, 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 get the right deal, Cyber Monday is tomorrow, Advent says empty yourself. When a culture, even mainstream Christian culture, I would argue, says manufacture joy. Get as excited as you can about this season. No, Advent says something else. Advent says sit in your trouble, sit in the despair, sit in the hopelessness. But what is Advent? What is it about? Now, for those of you who might be new to the church calendar, don't worry. I would consider myself in that class. Now, it's kind of unfortunate. You only get to do this once a year. So if you're listening to this in February... Hey, you got 10 months to get ready for it. But Advent comes from the word Adventus in the Latin. It means coming or arrival. And it's a course where we get the English word adventure. But like any great adventure, any great journey that we would go on, there's a starting point and there's a point when we arrive. There's a destination. This is not aimless wandering. This is, of course, for Advent, is the arrival of Christ on Christmas Day. That is our destination. That is our arrival point. But in Advent, we prepare ourselves to experience Jesus anew. But this adventure, this journey towards our destination, it starts with a promise. Look back at the text. Look at what the angel says to Mary, not casting out a demon. That was a previous text. But uh, it says, the angel says, he will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. This angel is saying, your son, this Messiah, is going to be king. This is Isaiah 7.14. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. This is Daniel 7.13, a vision of the Son of Man, the king of kings, who rules with no end. This is 2 Samuel chapter 7. The prophet Nathan hearing from God about David, that the Messiah will come from his lineage. And it's to Mary that these promises come. Man, we think four weeks to prepare for Christmas, give or take 4,000 years of waiting for this promise, awaiting for this fulfillment. And the angel comes to Mary and says, this is happening now. This long-awaited promise is happening in and through you. A promise that comes in a time of great chaos, I might add. Herod's on the throne. We won't go too into it, but he's a nasty dude. Let's just leave it there. Caesar Augustus calls that part of the ancient world to a census to know who and to whom should be paying taxes. Everyone's heading home, but can you imagine the turmoil that was actually in Mary's own personal life at hearing this great news? She's engaged, and oh yeah, she's pregnant. Joseph had nothing to do with it. Could you imagine in this patriarchal honor-shame culture could you imagine the gossip? Could you imagine the false sense of shame that she would have felt? The fear she must have felt at various points. She's got to tell Joseph about this. Yes, a, a son is promised to her, the king of kings. A husband was not. The public disgrace she must have gone through. What a dark and probably lonely place. Yes, great news, but this was only the start of a journey. See, Advent starts in this darkness. Advent starts in this turmoil. This journey starts in hopelessness, but it's holding on to this glimmer of a promise. Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes this. He says, The celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something greater to come. So Mary gets this news and what does it say she does in verse 39? She gets ready. Advent is a season of preparation. And as some of you will know, uh, my wife Gemma and I have been in a, in a bit of an Advent season ourselves. Uh, my wife at this moment is uh, like seven days away or so from giving birth to our second child. She did tap me on the shoulder last night and said, hey, sweetheart, I've got a little bit of back pain right now. What do I do if something happens? And I said, just call Johnny, and maybe (laughs) someone will tap me on the shoulder halfway through this, and I'll leave. But uh, we've been in this prep. We've been getting stuff ready, getting stuff out of the attic, rearranging rooms, cleaning. Um, Now, my daughter, Raya, she turns two on Thursday, and this has been a little bit different for her. We can tell there's been a bit of angst a bit of anticipation that she's been feeling at times, a bit frustrated, she can, she can almost sense that something's up. Now we, as her parents, we, we know what's happening and we understand her uncertainty. Why are things changing around me? Why are the rooms and the toys where my clothes live, this, this isn't how it's supposed to be? And it's dawned on me that as I've observed Rhea in this time of Advent for us, we, this is what it is to be a Christian. This is what it is to be a follower of Jesus. We live currently in this season of unknowing. Christ has come, yes, the first Advent, but Christ will return and his kingdom will return in full. This is where we live. N.T. Wright says this. He says, we celebrate Jesus' first coming and use that sense of fulfillment to fuel our hope for his second coming and to strengthen us to work for signs of the kingdom in our own day. We live between the first advent and the second. That is one way of saying what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We live in this tension. This is us. This is why I feel so frustrated at the state of the world. This is why I hurt so bad when children get ill This is us crying out that the kingdom is is not here fully. Why is there so much brokenness in the world? Why is there so much brokenness in my friend's life, in my family's life, in my neighbor's life? Why is there so much brokenness still in my life? There is a significant moment, uh, I think, for us as a Trinity family. And if my memory serves me right, it was either right at the beginning of Advent or just before it in 2016. We were meeting as a community uh, at a church across town. Uh, This building, this lovely building, just wasn't quite ready for us to be in at the time. And uh, at a night of prayer and worship, there was a significant moment when when a lady on our team just cried out in pain and anguish and tears, and let her hurt come out in the form of a prayer. It was so significant, and I can't tell you verbatim what the words were that she says. I don't remember much of it, but I can tell you how I felt. I can tell you that her tears gave space for me to hurt. I felt deep in my soul that this world is not how it should be. And as my tears began to follow hers, I remember her last cry was, Jesus, come soon. This is the Romans 8, that creation moaning in in eager anticipation, the birthing pains, waiting for the hope that is to come in Jesus, that Christ would return. We are a people that live between these two advents. 2020 has been an unexpected journey, has it not? It's been unprecedented times. You know what's unprecedented? How many times I've heard the word unprecedented in 2020. (laughs) The chaos, the hopelessness, this is where we find ourselves at the start of Advent 2020. And I would argue that there is no better time for each of us to observe the birth of Jesus fresh and anew through a new lens in this season We weren't able to prepare for 2020. There was no uh, pandemic field guide, was there? But Fleming Rutledge says this. She said, Advent is the season of hope in the midst of hopelessness. This is an incredible opportunity. Advent offers us this opportunity to almost reclaim a journey as we come to the year's end. To prepare our hearts for a new adventure. An adventure whose starting point is a promise and whose end point is love. But what does this look like for us? Advent is typically a season where we take on a practice. We take on something that we can do in this season to mark the coming of Christ. First thing, I just want to say a couple things that might help us in adopting some sort of practice for Advent. First thing, embrace the darkness. Confront your sin. Repent. Sit in that uncomfortability. Sit in this space of hopelessness. There's no better time to allow the Holy Spirit to highlight areas of your life which you want to turn away from. Fleming Rutledge, again, she says, repentance is nearly impossible outside of the context of a promise and restoration. That that is Advent. This is the season of a promised restorer who would set people free. Second thing, look look back at the text. Mary's response, what does she say? She preps, she gets ready. Don't let Advent just happen to you. Make a plan for how you're going to observe this season. But what did, what did she do? She went to her auntie's house right after that. She hung around there for three months. I want to put to you, don't go through Advent alone. Do this with your people. Who, who are your people? I, I would say as a plug for Trinity, we would call them Fuse. People that are close, that you share life with, people that you're going to pray with. Invite some friends around you to go through this season together. I almost felt as I was prepping this message, just um, a sense that maybe there's an opportunity for you as a couple to observe Uh, men. If you're married in in a relationship, grabbing your boyfriend or your girlfriend saying, let's venture on this together. Don't do this alone. Third thing we can see, Mary, she worshiped. She went to uh, Elizabeth's house. And then after that, for the next 10 verses, we see this song of praise that the church actually calls Mary's song. Advent is a season of worshiping. Maybe Advent is the season to dust off that old guitar. To tune the piano again, that's quite expensive. Maybe don't do that. But, but I mean, if, if it's in tune, to play again and revisit those old hymns, revisit those old carols and see the language maybe through a new light. Come to Bethlehem and see Him whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee Christ the Lord, our newborn King. Another thing, be creative. Don't be prescriptive. What's going to be unique and helpful for you maybe ask the spirit what it could be maybe your prayer at the start of advent is spirit i want to experience jesus anew this season what could this look like for me final thing be simple about this don't overcomplicate it this isn't about what you can do this is about everything that christ has done practices of faith without grace are just incredible burdens advent as you can that's right i just made advent a verb Advent as you can, not as you can't. Uh, One of the simple ways that I think uh, Lauren and the team have put together are these Advent books. I was telling Johnny the other day that this is like the first Advent book that I've looked at. And I go, I think I can do that. I think I can actually go through this and really enjoy it. I would highly encourage you today. You can come pick one up or email us. Uh, and we can find a way to drop one off to you. Pick one of these up. It's a simple, incredible way to engage in this season. Prepare, get ready. A Savior has come and is coming again. Let us experience Jesus anew in this season. Let's pray.